0: We pray this message blesses and encourages you. Bless the Lord. Can we all stand? Can we all stand today? This is the first Sunday in a new series. It's the first Sunday in a new season of Life Groups. And so we need to ask the Lord to be with us and to speak to us and to lead us. Amen? Are we all up for that? Can we just stand in, the, again, a posture of receiving? Lord, we want to thank you for this privilege of being able, Lord God, to enter into this new season, Lord. Lord, we call them Life Groups because we believe that you are the life that we need. Lord, we pray in Jesus' name that even as we start into this new series, Lord God, that your life, your truth, your wholeness will just flow into our hearts, into our minds, into our souls, and that we will be the stronger for it, Lord Jesus. Lord, right now, Lord God, we we say that we're going to turn up, we're going to tune in. We're speaking right now to ourselves saying we won't be distracted. Lord God, we will allow you, Lord God, to penetrate those areas in our lives that need, Lord God, light and life. And we bless you for this time together. In Jesus' name. And all God's people said, Amen. 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 Let's give it up for Jesus. So praise God, this series is called Storyteller. As you know, um, my parents are from the west of Ireland. My dad is from Mayo. And, uh, of Mayo. and my mom is from Kerry. And one of the beautiful things about going to Kerry is the amount of culture that we've had through the years. Because all of my mum's family, a lot of them, they play instruments. A lot of evenings are spent singing songs, uh, hearing poetry. Uh, very, very artistic family. And, and evenings long into the night. And, and just beautiful memories of the time. But, but sometimes you would have the element of storytelling, And that that storytelling where where someone begins to tell a tale, a tale of of yesteryear, um, of, of a different time, of a different place, and the way that great storytelling can capture your heart and can capture your imagination. Well, this series is celebrating the master storyteller, and his name is Jesus Christ. And we're going to be looking at some of the parables, some of the tales, some of the stories that he told in the Gospel of Matthew. Storytelling is an art. Storytelling pulls you into a moment. Storytelling pulls people into a world of insight and challenge. And I pray that as we even go through today's parable, that we will be challenged to the core of our being in a good way, in a way that makes us say, Lord, I want to become more like you. I want to become a better person. The stories Jesus told we know are called parables and they're the most loved because as word pictures they are immediately accessible accessible for the minds accessible for the thoughts accessible for the heart accessible for the soul the the parables of jesus make up a crucial part of the new testament jesus had the wisdom to simplify profound spiritual truths that he needed to share with humanity in the form of relatable stories that are just easy to understand isn't that brilliant? That's brilliant for someone like me. I like easy to understand. Amen. Anyone like mega complicated and complex? One person. I, I, love, I love that when you get something that you need to put together from Ikea, that it doesn't just have words, it has pictures. Amen. That helps me, the little pictures. Okay. Actually, sometimes their pictures are a bit off. Did you ever know that? So Sometimes they're... Is it that side or is it this side? How do I know which side it is? Anyway, that's just me. But 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 pictures and things that I can relate to help me to form a bigger picture of what is needed and what is needed to understand. A parable is a tale about a simple, common subject to illustrate a more profound, valuable moral lesson. There's, there's the understanding that parable has to do with the words, you know, um, comparison and, and, and juxtaposition, that, that something is compared with something to bring a truth. And all of this, the Lord, as the master storyteller, used in order to bring life and understanding to our walk with him and for us to understand things that he required of us and that things that he was hoping that we would move into as followers of him. So today, the title of the sermon is Light of the World. When you think about light, it's brilliant, isn't it? That's the understatement of the year. It's the photographer's best friend. It's a major selling point for the home. It's a major perk for office employees, particularly if they get that corner office with those lovely big windows. The sun and its light can make people happy. It can add vitamin D to your body. It brings growth to plants and helps to bring so much fruit to harvest. It's a bit of a riddle as well. It appears to be both a particle and a wave. It's the fastest known quantity in the universe. We talk about the speed of light. It's almost able to be in two places at the same time. It travels across unimaginable places and and eons of time and space to show us the far reaches of the universe. Light is amazing. There's also a sense of a mystical view of light, like the mystical view of God. Light is simultaneously one, and light is three, and light is seven. The pure unity of white light made up of three primary colors and refracting into the rainbows Sevenfold spectrum. How amazing is everything that speaks of God, points to God, confirms God? It's all God, and light is no different. We don't generally see light itself, but by it we see everything else. And we experience God in a similar way, not as something or someone that we see directly, but whose light illuminates all else and makes. All reality known to us. This is our great God. This is the, the pleasure of understanding light. We also know that light is used as a potent metaphor. It's, it's the universal symbol of hope and truth and goodness and purity since time began. Light banishes the darkness, drives away fear. Light exposes error and reveals truth. Light gives us sight, illumination, enlightenment. Light also represents reason and wisdom. We love light. And then there's these words and what we're going to look at today and and they're profound and they're very, very humbling and they are the words where Jesus says, you are the light of the world, you are the light of the world. Now just even take a second to just remember just some of the things that I've just said there about the incredible capacity of light, the use of light the quality of light, the character of light, the nature of light. And Jesus is going to say in the parable today that you are the light of the world. How amazing is our God. Our scripture is Matthew 5, and it's verse 14 to 16. When I I got this and we were working through the series and we were saying, we'll break it into parables, we'll break it into Matthew's parables, I was surprised that actually this came up. And it's considered a parable. Because I would have considered this a teaching of Jesus. And like parables to me were like there was a bloke in a field and he had two sheep. And one of them said, let's go and support Arsenal. Like that to me is a parable. That to me is a parable. But like this, this I wasn't kind of connecting with a parable. But sure enough, through all of the ages, this is one of the first parables of Jesus in the Gospel of Matthew. Verse 14, you are the light of the world. A town built on a hill cannot be hidden. Neither do people light a lamp and put it under a bowl. Instead, they put it on its stand and it gives light to everyone in the house. In the same way, let your light shine before others that they may see your good deeds and glorify your Father in heaven. Lord, we thank you for your word. In Jesus' name, amen. You are light. Matthew 5, you are light. You are light up on the balcony. You're light. Amen. Celebrate that. You are light. I love grannies. Grannies are amazing. Grannies make incredible statements to their grandchildren. They say just vastly expansive stuff that just makes their hearts swell. So I can remember my granny would say to me, you're a little star. Now, it was when I was little, not, not, not so little anymore. You are my sunshine. You are my delight you light up my life. Don't you love the way grannies would just overflow with those sort of comments? They, they have like unrestrained love and, and just this flow and, and maybe because they have no responsibility they can love you more. I don't know. But, but like that, that sense of just pouring out those words and, and they were always connected to light in, in some shape or form. And I love those thoughts and I love those words and they stay in your mind and they stay in your memory. Recently we had a family get-together in Kerry and I had the privilege as the eldest of all the grandchildren on my mother's side, and actually on my father's side, I was the guinea pig, the original. But I, I had the privilege to be able to speak on behalf of all of my first cousins. And I was talking about my grandmother. And, and I was talking about things that she would say over me and to me. And I even remember that she was the first one ever to call me handsome. That woman was a speaker of truth. And the light was all over her. <laughs> oh, gosh someone was going to clap that (laughs) you are the light of the world whatever about your granny said over you jesus says of you you are the light of the world you are my light you are my delight how amazing that jesus would say that of you when you feel that you've just been living a shadow week living in the darkness not having a, a week that would bring glory to His name, and yet here we are today, and Jesus says, "You are my light. You are the light of the world." The metaphor of life of light being used to describe the disciples in this instance would have seemed strange, if not ludicrous, to the original audience that was listening to Jesus. And they're looking at these fishermen and these kind of guys who would have been working and sweating. Uh, in in maybe fields or on, on the ocean not so long ago. Spurgeon wrote, "'This title has been given by the Jews "'to certain of their eminent rabbis. "'With great pomposity they spoke of Rabbi Judah "'or Rabbi Jachanon as the lamps of the universe, "'the lights of the world.'" It must have sounded strange in the ears of the scribes and Pharisees to hear the same title in all soberness applied to a few bronzed-faced peasants and fishermen who would become disciples of Jesus. And yet here it is and here it goes. And we walk into a place and we feel like the dirt beneath someone's shoe and Jesus says, you are the light of the world. You are my light, you are my delight. This metaphor was not just applied to the disciples, it's applied to all of us according to Jesus. We are the light of the world. But how are we light? And how are we even close to being the light of the world? Well, firstly, Believers are light only because Christ is light. In John 8, verse 12, Christ declared, I am the light of the world. The one who follows me will never, will never, will never, will never walk in darkness. Now, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say that again. Because there are people who are resigning to an understanding that darkness is where they belong and where they will have the rest of their days. And I wanna speak this over you. I am the light of the world, said Jesus. The one who follows me will never walk in darkness. Never walk in darkness. Never walk in darkness. Claim that over yourself. In days when you're tempted to go down into the abyss, in in days when the enemy tempts you to say, this is the land of darkness and here you will reside the rest of your days, that you will say, no, I am the light of the world in Christ Jesus. And I follow Christ so I will never walk in darkness, never walk in darkness, but I will have the light of life. And I, and I pray that passionately over you today. When, when, I, when I hear believers speaking about their condition and where they believe they're gonna spend the rest of their days, something breaks in my spirit because that is not the abundant life Christ had for you or desired or designed for you. Christ is the light. And he wants you to know that you are lit and you are light. The one who follows me will never, ever, ever walk in darkness. Christ is the light. Therefore, we reflect the life that he gives. We reflect the life that he gives. And again, God, the master storyteller, has set up the universe to illustrate this point. Because we only look into the heavens. And the heavens declare the beauty, the majesty, the glory of our God. And we look to the heavens and there's this floating bit of dust. We call it the moon. And we look up at, at night and we go, oh my goodness, the light of the moon. But it's only floating dust. What makes it lit? The light of the sun. The light of the sun. It reflects the light of the sun. And here we have this universal example of what Jesus is calling us to. And it's right there, floating up there. How amazing is our God. And the Lord God, Genesis 2 verse 7, formed man out of the dust of the ground and breathed into his nostrils the bread of life. And man became a living soul. Here we are, human beings, basically a pile of dust hanging around in the universe. But when we praise God, when we come into fellowship with the sun and when we allow the sun to shine upon us, then we become something different. We become lit, we become light, we become illuminations of all that Christ is and all that Christ wants us to do. You see, when the moon hits your eye, like a big pizza pie, that's amore. That's amore. When, when, when people see light reflected off the moon, they feel magical moments. When, when people are out at nighttime and they see the light of the sun reflecting off the moon and they're looking at the moon and they're going, I feel amore. I feel love. I feel romance. I feel excitement. And all we're looking at is a reflection of the real light. When we reflect Jesus and his light, And when we truly fall in love with Christ, marriages are restored. Addictions are broken. People turn from a life of destruction to a life of purpose. Generosity and compassion flow. Because as the light of Christ reflects off believers, we become the light of the world. But praise God, this light is so much more than just a reflection. Because Christ and his light actually indwells us, changing us into his image. We are light, not just because we reflect light, but we are light because we are lit on the inside. Proverbs 20, verse 27 says, the spirit of man is the Lord's lamp. The spirit of man is the Lord's lamp. And so there was a time pre-Christ when our lamp wasn't lit, and then we come to Jesus and faith in him, and he is the lighter of lamps. His word is a lamp unto our feet, and he lights our lamp, and we become lit and we become light on the inside. We become born again. We become born from above. And the light causes us to become light. When Jesus spoke against the people, he said, I am the light of the word. Whoever follows me will never walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. They will have the light of life. Followers of Jesus have the light of life. They possess it. They own it, it indwells them, it is theirs. We have the light of life. You see, on the cross, Jesus paid the bill. And so that means the light is on in your house. Glory to God. There's gonna be no energy crisis that robs the light from shining in, in your tabernacle, in your house, because Jesus paid the bill, amen? On the cross, he paid the bill. It's completely paid for, for this light to shine in and through you forever. Glory to God. How amazing is this light. How amazing is our God. So you are the light of the world, my brothers, my sisters, because you know the light, Jesus. You follow the light. You reflect his light. You have the light that is Jesus and the light of Jesus in you. You are a lit light. You're a paid for lit light. And you are the light of the world. Glory to God. It's good news this morning, isn't it? It's good news this morning. So what are we to do? Looking at this parable and and looking at the challenge of this parable, what what are we to do? How are we to live as a response to this parable that Jesus has spoken in Matthew 5? We're to to live like light. And, And Jesus uses a very, very simple illustration. He says, a town built on a hill cannot be hidden. A town on a hill cannot be hidden. And, you know, sometimes we get those beautiful pictures from space, from the spaceships. And, and they're, they're pictures of cities and towns from vastly far away. And we see the lights, the little specks of lights from such a distance. Because a city on a hill, a town on a hill, it just cannot be hidden. Not even from space. Lights just cannot be hidden because it goes against the essence of what light is. Light is light and it's meant to be seen. It's meant to be revealed, not concealed. We have just come off the truth of an incredible, incredulous statement. Jesus has said, you are the light of the world. And some people put a full stop there and say, thank you, Jesus. I'm the light of the world. But Jesus continued and he said, a town built on a hill cannot be hidden. So Jesus was challenging us in response to our being lit and us being light. And he's saying, light is meant to exist as light. Light is meant to live as light. To be true to itself, we must be light if we're lit. And light cannot go against the fact that it's light that is who we are. That is what we are. And so we must live like light, just like a city on a hill cannot be hidden. Neither can our light be hidden because if we're light, we're light. If we're not light, we're not light. Amen. Light is light. Ephesians 5, verse 8 to 10, for our no takers for you were once darkness, but now you are light in the Lord. Live then as children of light, for the fruit of light consists in all goodness, righteousness, and truth. And then find out what pleases the Lord. Have nothing to do with the fruitless deeds of darkness, but rather expose them. It is a shameful thing even to mention what the disobedient do in secret. But everything exposed by the light becomes visible, and everything that is illuminated becomes a light. Brothers and sisters, Not only were we once in darkness, we were darkness. Wow. It wasn't just that we walked in darkness, we were darkness. You were once darkness, it tells us. But now you are light. Now you are light in the Lord. Lord Jesus, help us to live as light help us to live as this light that is the light of Christ. Light can only exist as light, so live as children of light, live as children of light, live light and free, and live as children of light, expressing Jesus Christ. Jesus told them, you are going to have me just a little while longer, walk while you have the light. Before darkness overtakes you, whoever walks in the dark does not know where they are going. Believe in the light while you have the light, so that you may be children of light." Let's be children of light. Let's live like light. Let's walk like light. Back in the day, we used to sing a song, walk in the light, with a very long walk. Walk We had this walk and this encouragement to walk in the light and walk in the light of Christ. And that was what we knew that we had to do if we were the light of the world, if we were followers of Christ. And so how do I live like light? Well, from what we we can pick out in Matthew 5, verse 8 to 10, we can see that we're being encouraged to to not be deceived, we're we're being encouraged to not be partakers with those who are disobedient, we're being encouraged to learn what is pleasing to the Lord. We are told to, to not participate with those who are full of dark deeds and not to get involved with them. We're told actually to expose the deeds of darkness by the light in our lives and that we're to be awakened to the light of Christ that we are and that we are called to express. This is how we walk in the light. This is how we live as children of light. This is how we live like light according to the scriptures. Read Matthew 5 this week. Read Ephesians and read Ephesians 5 verse 8 to 10 and you will be so, so encouraged and so blessed. We are the light of the world. We live like light. We stand like light. Matthew 5 verse 15, neither do people light a lamp and put it under a bowl. Instead, they put it on its stands. They put it on its stand. You see, very rarely did we ever buy a light in Ikea and put it together. I'm getting no commission from Ikea, just for people that are wondering, what is going on here? Never did we bring it home and spend all the time looking at the pictures, putting it together, plugging it in, enjoying the fact that it worked, and then putting it under the bed. We never did that. Whenever, whenever we put it together, we put the light together on its stand, so that it would bring light to the house or li- bring light to the room where it needed a bit of light and a bit of life. And so we would put the light together and we would put it on its stand so that it would light. And, and as I even expressed that story, you're looking at me going, sure, what else would you do? But sure, what else would Jesus do with you? What else would Jesus do with you? You you think that Jesus brought you to church or Jesus brought you to that place where you got on your knees and you asked him in and asked him to save you from being darkness to becoming light. You think that Jesus just kind of took you home and said, "Now just put you in the wardrobe for the rest of your days. Closet Christian. We're just gonna gonna hide you up because that's what we do with light around here. No. Just the exact same way that you put light on a stand in your home to bring light to the home, Jesus puts you on a stand and puts me on a stand. And the gas thing is, sometimes we can't stand it. Sometimes we can't stand I, I don't want to be known as a Christian. I don't want to stand out. They mightn't like me, they might think I'm a freak. Whatever it is, there's so many things that the enemy will come against us so that we don't stand and that we don't stand as light. But fortunately, we are called out ones. We are set apart. We are called to stand out from the world. We are called to stand up for truth and holiness in love, not judgment or rabble-rousing. We're called to stand for the downtrodden with a heart for justice. The light of Christ speaks and calls out our testimony as followers of Christ, revealing and illuminating the truth about Jesus all the time. In the way that we do life, in the way that we cope, in the way that we just do things, we can stand out and we can be set apart and we can shine light. I love 1 Peter 2, as you do as well, and it declares who we are. You're a chosen people, a royal priest of the holy nation, God's special possession. Why are we all of these things? So that you may declare the praise of him who called you out of darkness into his wonderful light. Into his wonderful light. Once you were not a people, but now you are the people of God. Once you had not received mercy, but now you have received mercy. And then because of that great understanding of who we are and how God sees us and the great understanding of his marvelous light, it goes on in verse 11. Dear friends, I urge you then as foreigners and exiles to abstain from sinful desires which war against your soul. Live such good lives among the pagans that though they accuse you of doing wrong, they will see your deeds and glorify your Father in heaven. They will see you're 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 living as light. You're living on a stand. You're, you're showing. You're not showing off, and you're not saying, "Hey, look at my good deeds today." And we're not living like that. Lord, help us. Look at how amazing I am. <laughs> but but as we as we naturally live lit, people will notice the way that we speak to each other, the way that we do life, the way that we do our work. They'll know it's a difference. They'll see that we're set apart, that we're different, that we're light. How challenging is that to all of us? Maybe from the house that we've come from this morning. Glory to God, there's no condemnation, not even a seed of it in this place. But it's great the way that the light illuminates stuff. And and it's interesting Jesus said that the light is put on a stand in the house. So always one of the first places that we get to exercise our light is in our homes. And actually, if we can succeed in shining as light in our homes, it's going to be easier everywhere else. You're all very silent down the back. You see, when we, when we have the call of God and when we have the light of Jesus in us, the temptation is to go home and give our worst to the people who love us most. So, before life group happens, myself and Susan could be there, and we could be like nipping at each other. We do actually say words. We don't say. And, but then, but then we hear the doorbell ring, and there's Emma and Graham, and we open the door, and we go, "Oh, bless the Lord, my soul! You're so welcome!" And myself and Susan do the Disney dance into the kitchen. Come on, come all, we love the Lord. But you see, God knows, doesn't he? God knows waffle. And so God wants us to put our light on the stand in the house. Because Jesus knows if we can get our light shining right in the house and we can love those closest to us, It'll be so much easier to love those that aren't close to us. God help us to shine our light in our homes. 1 John 1 verse 5, This is the message we have heard from him and declare to you, God is light and in him there is no darkness at all. If we claim to have fellowship with him yet walk in darkness, we lie and we do not live by the truth. Thus says The Lord, light in the Bible primarily refers to two things. It refers to truth and it refers to holiness. And this is what we're called to and this is what will set us apart. When we are people of truth in a world of fake news and when we are a people of holiness in a world of impurity, you're going to stand out. Believe me, you are going to stand out. You're going to be so, so different. Jesus as the perfect one, the light of the world, he was perfect and he was the perfect light because he was perfect truth and he was perfect purity and holiness. Now someone might be hearing the word holiness and beginning to freak out and thinking about the week that they've just had. But can I remind you that you're lit on the inside and Jesus is consistently just seeking to outwork what he is inworked in you, what he is putting you. And 2 Corinthians 5 verse 21 says one of the most amazing things in all of scripture. God made Jesus who had no sin to be sin for us so that in Jesus, we might become the righteousness of God. The beautiful thing is that when we're in Christ, we're in the holiness of Christ. When we're in Christ, we're in the truth of Christ. When we take time to spend time with Jesus, we're just replenishing all of that truth and all of that purity. And we're saying, yes, Lord, I know all of this is in me. And thank you, Jesus, for your Holy Spirit. Amen. Holy Spirit that's in me. So thank you, Lord Jesus, that I can walk in truth and I can walk in holiness. Not because I'm brilliant. I'm just a floating bit of dust reflecting your light. But I know that I can do all things through him who gives me strength. In him we are light. We are truth carriers and truth doers. In Jesus' name. So praise the Lord. Here we go. It's time to shine. It's time to shine our lights. It's time to shine in a very, very dark universe that we live in. Verse 16, in the same way, let your light shine before others that they may see your good deeds and glorify your Father in heaven. It is time to shine. Amen. Glory to God. God says, and he encourages us to shine our lights and not to hide them away, not to put them under a bowl, under a basket. We are called to shine our lights. I was thinking of a very well-known scripture that I'd say every single person in this place knows and it's John 3:16, And it says, for God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son that whoever believes in him will not perish, shall not perish, but will have eternal life. Nearly every Christian in the world knows that scripture. But then you go on in verse 17, for God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world. Very, 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 very interesting. God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world. Now we're shining the light of Christ. But when I hear lots of Christians, they're doing lots of condemning. Uh, uh, Maybe it's just me. Sorry, God, forgive me. Lord, I'm sorry. God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world, but to save the world through him. Whoever believes in Jesus is not condemned, but whoever does not believe stands condemned already because they have not believed in the name of God's one and only Son. This is the verdict. Light has come into the world, but people love darkness instead of light because their deeds were evil. Everyone who does evil hates the light and will not come to the light for fear that their deeds will be exposed. But whoever lives by the truth comes into the light so that it may be seen plainly that what they have done has been done in the sight of God. Did you catch it though? that Jesus did not come to condemn. He came to shine. People are only condemned because they choose darkness over light. People are only condemned because they choose darkness over light. Can I say another thing to you, Christian? Why do you expect light from darkness? Why do we sometimes sit in our ivory towers and point fingers at people who genuinely don't know better? Father, forgive them for they know not what they do. Their minds have been darkened. They are darkness, they are in the dark. And and the light wasn't just meant to shout at them, you're so dark. The light was meant to shine, to show them a way out of the darkness. And I believe passionately, brothers and sisters, that the call of the church in these days is not to condemn the world, It's not to slag them off or keep pointing to their darkness, but it is to shine our light so that they see an alternative. They feel an alternative. They have a wooing towards the alternative. They feel that they're being led out of the dark tunnel into a glorious light. God help us. As the true light, as the true light of the world, Jesus came to condemn. No, he didn't. He didn't come to condemn. Jesus came to save and to shine and to serve. He did not come to shame people. In fact, one of the people with one of the most shameful histories, the woman at the well, felt so comfortable in Jesus' presence. Why do people with the most shameful histories not feel at home in our presence? We're meant to be shining the light of Jesus, aren't we? Not only did this woman at the well feel so comfortable in Jesus' presence, but she became his first evangelist. The woman with the shameful history who wouldn't get on any church team in the Christian world. Jesus came to save and shine and serve and to be a sacrifice. He came to shine his light and he wants us to shine our light John 1.4, in him was life, and that life was the light of all mankind. That life, that life, Jesus' life was the light of all mankind. Your life is a light. And it's a light to all mankind. You are the light of the world. You are a light pointing to the light. You are a light wooing people to the light. You are a light welcoming people to the light. You are a light exciting people about the light. It's time to shine. Can I have to worship him? Come on. The darkness needs your light. The darkness doesn't need your darkness. The darkness doesn't need my ugly or your ugly. The darkness doesn't need my contemptuous fist. The darkness needs my light. The darkness needs your light. The darkness doesn't need your opinion. The darkness doesn't need your, let me give you two pence in my mind. The darkness needs light. It does need the light of God's word, spoken in love. Jesus came full of grace and truth, amen? Full of grace and truth. And so this life is the life that we follow. And this life was light. And this light brings light to dark places and exposes dark deeds. This light is light. It's not burdensome. His yoke is easy and his burden is, well, it's light. My brother, my sister, don't hide under a bushel. Don't hide under a bowl. Don't hide under a basket. Don't be an undercover Christian or a secret agent saint. Don't be a hidden holy one. It's time to Shine. Can we all stand to our feet? Lord Jesus, Lord Jesus, just as we stand in your presence now, Lord God, Lord Jesus, we stand in a city that is full of darkness, in a world that is full of darkness. And my question to our hearts today is this. Is our city in darkness today because darkness is stronger than light? Or is our city in darkness today because the lights of God don't shine? Lord Jesus, you said to us that we are the light of the world. Please help us to live like light of the world. Please help us to be like a town built on a hill that is not hidden, Please help us, O oh God, to light our lamp and put it on the stand, to bring light even to everyone in our own home. Lord, please let our light shine before others so that they will see our good deeds and give glory to you. So much of the time, we want glory for ourselves. See me, give me attention. I'm so important. But, Lord God, the light that you shine to our lives brings glory to you. We bless this time, Lord. We thank you for your light. And we go home in awe of the one who says of us, you are the light of the world. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you so much for listening. We hope you enjoyed this message. If you'd like any more information, please visit stmarkcity.ie. Have a very blessed week.